Thanks, Sharon. Morning, everybody. Isn't she lovely? She is, and she's uh, one of our very, very hard-working MPs. Uh, you know, I, I'm always staggered when I get uh, to meet MPs just how hard they work on our behalf. And on top of all that busy uh, life as a constituency MP, she's took on the vast job of organising this lot and uh, done it because of her heart for Christ and her heart for young people. So, thank you. Um, it's a real privilege to be here this morning. Uh, and I'm thrilled with the title that Sharon's chosen. Um, in the uh, mid-80s, just to tell you a little bit about my story and perhaps why I've been invited to speak this morning. In the mid-80s, I had a, a fashion accessory business in Manchester. And uh, all our dreams came true when Lady Diana wore a pair of our braces. And uh, next morning, every girl in Britain had to have a pair. And so we had about 100,000 orders on overnight, and then it kept going from there. And so uh, we went to the bank, borrowed some money, bought some brace machinery, and took on 30-odd young men from our local estate. Uh, we didn't have a very good uh, select recruitment procedure. And to be honest, these young lads were a nightmare. Not only was the vandalism and violence and uh, lots of our stock got nicked, but they were hopeless at making braces. <laughs> and... Uh, on top of that, we got inside their messy worlds quite a bit. And we discovered that to a man, you know, myself and my brother who ran this business were both committed Christians. To a man, these young lads knew absolutely nothing of the Christian gospel. Um, uh, there were churches in Longsight, but they were the kind of churches that met be with the alarms on and the barbed wire fences while these lads threw bricks through the window. And the biggest church in Longsight was literally across the road from our factory, a big old Anglican church and yet it had been sold to a knitwear manufacturer. And we also used to do embroidery. So we would deliver the jumpers, and uh, the choir stalls were still there, but where the pews used to be were knitting machines rattling away. And above the choir stalls, it said, Proverbs 29, verse 18, without a vision, the people perish. And it was like a prophetic word for Longsight, because I could see these young lads perishing in so many ways and there was a church that, that that community desperately needed to be engaging with that community serving that community somewhere in the past someone had a vision to step out in faith and build this fantastic facility somewhere that vision was lost and um, as a result of that experience uh, employing those lads and talking to my brother we uh, arrogantly slightly naively wrote to every church leader in Manchester we got a list and we said, what's going on? There's a whole community of young people here who are growing up without any understanding of Christ. Nobody's demonstrating the gospel to them. Nobody's communicating it to them in language they can understand. This can't be right. And in faith, we booked the biggest rock theatre in Manchester for a week, uh, which was just around the corner from our factory called the Apollo Theatre. And uh, it was amazing. God turned up as did thousands of kids every night. By the final night, they were queuing up at half past two to get in. And local churches rose to the challenge, even though they didn't know who Simon and Andy Hawthorne were. They started to do programs into the inner city over an 18-month period. There were 300 youth and community programs. And um, that, that week, we started a 20-odd-year roller coaster. I left the business set up the charity, the Message Trust, and since then we've ducked and dived and uh, attempted to impact the lives of as many uh, young people as possible, originally in Greater Manchester, but now all over the country. We're perhaps best known for this business of Eden. We call them Eden Partnerships, where hundreds of people have made the decision to not go in on a Tuesday night into the inner city and do a youth club, but live there long term, uh, transforming 
tough communities from the, from the inside out. We also have three bands now and a theatre company and teams working in all the Northwest Young Offenders institutions. We have two high-tech youth buses that go out every night into tough communities with trained youth and community workers. We have a training school for urban youth workers and we've, we've just launched perhaps our most, um, well, something that keeps me awake at night, either through excitement or fear, a major new uh, initiative for enterprise, giving jobs to young people who are coming out of prison and nobody else will give them a job, but we're going to take a risk on them. So we're uh, setting up six small businesses in the site next door to our headquarters in Sharston. As uh, Sharon said, we touched the lives of around 100,000 young people and we have hundreds of staff and uh, up and down the country, many of them volunteers living on these tough estates. It's been a journey. Over those 20 years, I've become convinced of a couple of things, pretty obvious things, but things that I couldn't think of anything better to share this morning as we think about raising the aspirations of young people, especially in this setting amongst praying Christians. Praying Christians who want to see Britain great. The things that I've become convinced of above all else are that the Bible works in terms of raising aspirations of young people. We ditch any of it at our peril. The best of our government, the best of our judiciary, the best of our society is built on this precious book. And there, uh, once we invest, as we heard on the screen only a few moments ago, in teaching young people the values that God gave us in this, in this book, the better our society will become. At, uh, our, our Queen's coronation, just around the corner, she was handed a Bible and uh, 60 years ago, and these were the words that were said. Our gracious Queen, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing this life affords. Here is wisdom. Here is royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. And I believe that with my whole heart. The closer we stick to this book, the more our society will thrive. Hey, I, I said how much I appreciate uh, our MPs who, who work so hard on our behalf. But to be honest, I was gutted when I heard that the book that most MPs took away on their holidays last year was Richard Dawkins. The God delusion. And uh, Richard Dawkins is a whole lot cleverer than me, but he is not cleverer than the one who wrote this book. And how much, and how much better equipped would those guys be to lead our nation if they'd taken this book away on their holidays? The first thing I've become convinced of is that the Bible works in raising aspirations of young people. The second thing I've become convinced of is that Jesus works. Uh, I saw some fascinating research from Theos, the think tank, um, looking at political speeches in the last 10 years. And the interesting thing is that in the last 10 years, there's been more mentions of God in our political speeches than at any time in our nation's history. But nobody mentions Jesus. The truth is, we do do God. We just don't do Jesus. And how bizarre is that, that when Jesus is so lovely, so precious, when Jesus really can transform any life, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I follow him, I love him. He's changed my life and he's changed the lives of thousands of young people we work with. 
Last Friday, we had an annual event in Manchester when we try and gather the good and the great, and we just share stories. We call it Urban Heroes. And there might even be a picture coming on the screen. And it's an amazing event because we gather the, the richest, poshest people we can, and we wheel out these stories of amazing change lives. And we had all, some wonderful stories, including a young man called Anth Brown, who'd been excluded from school 48 times, and eventually uh, they kicked him out of school altogether. He was banned for life from his precious Middlesbrough football club for streaking across the pitch. He was a, he was a tearaway, a nightmare. And yet now he's a beautiful Eden volunteer serving in that tough community in Middlesbrough and leading sports teams all across the estate. We heard about Stacey Murray, Stacey Murray, a, a former heroin addict who spent nine years in prison, was in and out of prison, five different sentences because of her addiction and the crime that came on the back of it, but now is a totally different woman, loving life, got a great house, holding down a good job for the last two years. We heard of a young man called Nick Shalavi, a dangerous gang member, drug taking, drug dealing, a man who was tried to commit suicide on numerous occasions. Now he's a full-time worker for The Message in prisons and an amazing role model in, in the young offenders institutions in the Northwest. And so many stories, basically the big society in action in Manchester. And uh, what's the common denominator? You've guessed it, the transforming power of Jesus Christ. It ain't broke, it works, it changes lives, it transforms whole communities. With Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of anyone who believes. And Jesus doesn't just save you for the by and by. He saves you now from living small, little, self-centered lives. He gives you a heart for the poor and the hurting and the broken. His energy, his spirit within gives you a heart to change society on his behalf. I, uh, just finally... I uh, got some research through. I, I'm on uh, Peter Briley's mailing list. Peter Briley heads an organization called Christian Research, and he has a special ministry of depressing Christians <laughs> by, uh, by telling us how badly we're doing. So every year, for the last few generations, we, you know, we get the latest gloomy statistics about church decline, telling us it's all over in 20 years if we carry on at this rate. But interestingly, his latest research has been entitled Coming Out of the Nosedive. And here in London and in Manchester, the church is starting to grow again. You know, let's not get too excited. We've lost half our people. But actually, there is a, there is a turning of the tide. But Peter Briley did some really, he does all sorts of research. And he did this fascinating research in light of what we're talking about today of the last 200 years of our nation's history. 200 years ago, Britain was going to the dogs. The inner cities were scary places. Britain was getting drunk on gin, large parts. The prisons were full. And guess what? Very, very few children and youth would engage with church, three or four percent. And on the back of great men who worked here in this wonderful place like Shaftesbury and Wilberforce and the, the Sunday school movement, throughout the 19th century, more and more children started engaging with Christian morals and biblical values. Guess what happened? 
crime comes down, communities become safer. So by the start of the 20th century, we're at an all-time high. Over 70% of our children and youth are engaged with church. And guess what? The prisons are emptying. The inner cities are safer. Addictions are at an all-time low. Crimes are at an all-time low. Then, after the First World War, we took our foot off the gas and we stopped investing in children and youth. And throughout the last hundred or so years, less and less children and youth have engaged with church and been taught biblical values and Christian morals. Guess what's happened? Crime's gone up, addiction's gone up, divorce has gone up, serious mental illness has gone up. So 200 years later, we've got lots more things, but we're back where we started. Wouldn't it be amazing if that coming out of the nosedive wasn't just more bums on seats on a Sunday morning, but actually, Christians who are desperate to engage in communities, desperate to invest in young people, out serving amongst the most deprived and vulnerable and marginalized. It's happening. Those of us that are left, there is a move of God in the church. You really have to be quite a stiff minister not to engage in your community. Something is happening. I honestly believe as goes the church, goes the nation. Anybody with me? And, just before I pray a prayer, hopefully for all of us, I wanted to say if we believe this stuff, and we do, I believe with my whole heart that the Bible works in raising the aspirations of young people, that Jesus Christ works and his transforming power to transform the most broken life. If we believe the Bible works and Jesus works, let's get to work. Let's do something new or support someone who's doing something new. Let's work together because this gospel's lost none of its power. And if we can serve this nation with all grace and all love and all kindness, we're not here to condemn anybody. We're here to love people in Jesus' name. And I used to pray, and I think I've nicked this off John Maxwell, so I used to pray, Lord, do a great work through me. I've got a great vision. I want to make a mark in this life. Life's so short. I used to pray, God, do a great work in me. Now, I used to do, do a great work through me. Now I'll pray, do a great work in me. Because unless there's 700 people in Parliament who say, just do a work in me. Break my heart, God, with the things that break yours. Let me make a mark in this generation. Help me to be someone who invests in young people and serves the most vulnerable and together we can do something truly significant for him. As we start to come out of the nosedive, how amazing if we could see a nation changed as the church positions itself where it's meant to be. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you're here this morning. You promised to be here, especially present, when we gather in your name like this, two or three or more of us. And we ask that you will place on our hearts the things that are on your heart. You'll increase our love for the most vulnerable members of society. Give us a great passion and urgency towards hurting young people. Mobilize your church to do good works and to proclaim your gospel, the length and breadth of this nation. And we pray this coming out of the nosedive will not just be more people in church meetings, but more of your love, more of your power, more of your transformation in every corner of this nation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.